This is John. Nice bear. He just wants to spend Christmas with the family. Is Daddy coming home with you? We'll see what Santa and Mommy can do. But when he gets stuck at the office party... Merry Christmas! It'll be a holiday... Merry Christmas! ...he'll never forget. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal! This Christmas... It's a time of miracles, so be of good cheer. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. Get ready to jingle some bells. And deck the halls. With bows of Bruce Willis. Come to the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. Alan Rickman. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, mother. Together in the greatest Christmas story ever told. I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. <laughs> Hans. Booby. Eat it, Harvey. Yeah! Holy shit. I'm starting to get a bad feeling up here. Merry Christmas. Die Hard. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. <laughs>salutations everybody it's time for another episode of bald and bingeable i'm d'angelo and i'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume the stuff you're insatiable for the stuff you find truly bingeable hmm. okay today you guys we are in the midst of the holiday push i had to bring one of our good friends back and so we today have got a Sydney with us, Sydney Jones. Hello, Sydney Jones. How are you? Hi, D'Angelo. I'm great. How are you? I am great. <laughs> As we explore this holiday fair, and I have asked a few friends, and we're going to have other people throughout the rest of the month that are coming along that we're going to be talking about their favorite holiday movies. And when I asked Sydney what was her favorite holiday movie, the first one that hit that top of that list was Die Hard, which is very controversial if you. <laughs> and so and then we started this episode up actually with that trailer, which is completely selling it as like a farcical holiday romp. Was it not? <laughs> well, like, OK, I think the claim that it was the greatest holiday movie ever might be a little bit dramatic or stretching a little bit. I feel I like it was that. It was like a like a, like a holiday cut, but the thing is, is so yes, it's very controversial. Some people feel that Die Hard is not a holiday movie. We're gonna explore a little bit of that, you guys. Okay, so I know that sometimes I have this little bit of um, blindness when it comes to some pop culture things. Like it took me all the way to like the pandemic to watch, you know, Star Wars, you know, and now then. Uh, another movie that we're going to be reviewing this holiday season is like the Muppet Christmas Carol, which I had yeah. never seen before. And, and so I was good. told to watch. So we're, we're, that's gonna be, that'll be coming up in another week or two. But today, so I had never seen Die Hard. So I watched it this past weekend. And I have to say, I kind of loved it. Like, I really did. It really right? is. It's a good, fun, like action movie you know what i mean it's like old school there's lots of problematic things in it but the thing is is i mean like it's it's a it's a capsule of the time that it was you know produced and whatnot but 
I have to say, I really did enjoy it. And the thing is, it's like vintage Bruce Willis. This is like hot. his peak, peak, hot. peak Bruce Willis. Yeah, exactly. Smoking hot. Totally. And yeah. so, and he spends the whole movie basically in a pair of pants. <laughs> it's yeah. literally like, so, and it's funny because I had never realized the whole entire thing. Like he's barefoot for the whole entire uh-huh. freaking movie. And it's like a yeah. whole thing. And so, and that's like his Achilles heel, literally, you know? So mm-hmm. this whole thing. So you guys, let's talk a little bit about uh, Die Hard, and then in a little bit later, we're gonna I'm gonna tell uh, Sydney about some cheesy holiday fare that I've watched that I don't know if I'm gonna encourage you guys to watch, but it's still it'll be there, and then we'll do our own recommendations. But today, as we talk about Die Hard, so Die Hard is here's a quick synopsis. It's a New York City cop. John McClane goes on a Christmas vacation to visit his wife Holly in Los Angeles, where she works for the Nakatomi Corporation. While they are at the Nakatomi headquarters for a Christmas party, a group of robbers led by Hans Gruber, a.k.a. Snape. Hans. <laughs> a.k.a. Snape, you know what I mean? So if you guys are Harry Potter heads, um, Mr. Alan Rickman, amazing. But, okay, so uh, led by Hans Gruber, take control of the building and hold everyone hostage, with the exception of John, while they plan to perform a lucrative, a lucrative heist. Unable to escape and with no immediate police response, John is forced to take matters into his own hands and feet. Okay, but it didn't say feet, <laughs> but I just put that in there. So it's like it's like a whole thing. So okay. The feet and the hairy armpits. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, like all of it. Like the thing is, like, yeah, he's a, he was a stud back then. And so yeah. yeah, and he spends the whole entire movie like alone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, which is, which is fun. So he like supports the whole thing. I just, my whole thought too, is I kept thinking, it was just like, you know, that when like, they were like a cut, he'd be like, can I have some shoes? Can I get some socks, please? <laughs> you know Where I mean? my, where's my slipper, bitch? <laughs> oh, for real. Because the thing is, it's like, it doesn't matter how comfortable you are, but there's like a certain point where you're like, I just want to have some structure in my life. Like I've mentioned before, like, I remember I was at Lazy Bear once um, a few years ago and, you know, with a bunch of friends and like that whole entire week you spend, you know, at the lake and, you know, at the river and all that sort of thing. And so you like never wear a full shirt. You're wearing a tank top or no shirt for the whole week. And I remember when like Friday hit after being there for like five days, I was like, I just want to wear a shirt with sleeves. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's my thought here is like the actor had to be like, I just want to put on a pair of socks. Like, can I please just <laughs> Can I get some comfort, please? <laughs> Hell, I'll so even much. take a pair of Timberland boots, something. Give me something here. Absolutely. So I took a bunch of notes through here so we can kind of talk about some of that stuff. And then what I did, too, is that we were, we're going to go through and I made a little list here and I was going to do the 10 times. But actually, I found specifically 12 immediate references to Christmas in this movie to help make this an official christmas fair <laughs> so uh, yeah so i kind of like took notes okay like there was a christmas tree here they mentioned here blah 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 so we will get to that that there's well there's definitely a lot of snow in the beginning yes there is there is a lot, a lot of period in this movie so like, yeah they go skiing a lot it's the 80s right <laughs> i know no, I was this like, was 19 it, it was 1992 so it's basically the 80s you know, oh no, this is 1988. Right, but they're like at a they're like at a corporate Christmas party, and they're just like lining it up. And I'm just like, okay, all right, cool. Well, that's L.A. in the 1988. <laughs> so I apologize, you guys. 1992 was not this movie. This movie was 1988 when the original one came out. Yeah. So, 
Okay, wonderful. Okay, now one of the things I just put wrote in here, so it, it just has to do because I was so appalled because the first like lines that are uttered when he's sitting in this airplane is the guy next to him in the plane tells him to walk around without shoes and socks and make fists with your toes to wake yourself up. It's, it's better than coffee, you know what I mean? Like so, which he does it. Um, and so like, I think mm-hmm. it's like the biggest foreshadow of the movie. It really is. And it's like straight there in the beginning. And it was just so appalling to me. Like, why is this guy talking to him about his feet? You know, to this other <laughs> dude right at the beginning. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is, and I think what it tells us first and foremost is that um, this was written and produced by people with foot fetish. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it is the biggest fetish. <laughs> It really is. And so, I mean, it just was very much there. And so it was just funny because that's like the first thing that comes out. And so, and then the thing too is, is like, so we spend a lot of time with close-ups on Bruce Willis's feet. Like it was like a real thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like, is he on those sites? Like, like, is he on, like, because I know there's a girl him and Tarantino are, are secret buddies. Yeah. But you know that there's like this, there's like a whole thing of like um they, they do like the foot rating for all the females i've never seen it for the guys and so now i'm, I'm sure there is one i'm wondering and feet are sexy so it's like a whole thing so okay um but yeah he spent that and i just wrote in here bruce willis was so hot back then yeah he was <laughs> and you know the thing that um immediately i i forget about every time i i watch it and then like haven't watched it in a while because i watch it like once a year just for the holidays is like there's the whole theme about how he's so butthurt that Holly has gone off on her own and become successful and he can't like be her savior anymore. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. wants to be the breadwinner. He wants to be like the toxic masculinity situation is like intense. And it even goes through so far as like, you know, he looks through the um, directory and it's Gennaro and he is pissed right that her name is not mclean in there you know and then of course like you know not to like totally skip ahead but i'm gonna skip ahead of course you know eventually the stupid ass news reporter Mm -hmm. lets on to who she is and that they're married and hans figures it out and so then he has to rescue holly and you know when they walk out of the building she's like she's like it's not Gennaro, it's mclean And I'm like, bitch, you had written on your wall it was Gennaro. It wasn't just in the directory. But yeah. yeah, It was on the door, it was on the desk, it was everywhere. It's McLean. Everywhere. Well, it's funny too, because like in like after 2020 and such, you know, the tumultuous year that we had last year and this year, when you do watch Die Hard, you do have that weird like problematic of like, I'm going to be cheering for an NYC, NYPD cop for like this whole entire movie. And like, yeah. But then well, they now, do show how like LAPD is completely bumbling idiots, you know. So, so dumb. Exactly. So dumb. And then and then also even like the FBI are idiots, you know. Well, and the FBI is like rogue when they're in the when what does he say? They're in the copter and the one the one guy is like, this is just like Saigon. <laughs> the other guy's like, bro, I was in kindergarten. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, Come. they're like they're all just all over all over the Mm -hmm. place except for him he seems to be the only one who has it together and he is not like an average cop would be 
Mm-mm. He's like he's like actually like a like I would imagine like a Navy SEAL or something, you know, like his level of intel skill is really mm-hmm. high. Yeah, the way that he just like walks around, he notices everything, you know. Yeah. Well, and I was so I didn't realize that Reginald Bill Johnson was in this, you know, Carl Winslow from Family I, Matters. In, in all my notes, I have Miss Carl Winslow. <laughs> That's what I did, too. I wrote Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow does this. But he was Sergeant Al Powell. So Sergeant Al Powell was his name in this. But we're going to call him. We're going to refer to him as, as Carl Winslow. So if we say that, just know that we are talking about <laughs> Reginald. <laughs> so because that was him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was just. um which it was, it was nice to see him. It's so funny though, like in pop culture, how I had this blind spot towards Die Hard. And I don't know why. I think it was just one of those things that everybody always talked about, talked about, talked about. But I was like, whatever. You know what I mean? And it was usually like some like tool who would always be like, Die Hard's the best movie. Urgh. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then yeah. like I watched this and I'm like, Die Hard is the best movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's good. You know, it definitely, I feel like it breaks up the monotony of every other holiday movie that's like you know santa gives timmy a present or rain you know mm-hmm. rudolph saves a day or like we get it like you know santa is coming to town and all that but it's nice to have something else that kind of breaks it up a little bit we finally got like a action movie for christmas you know what i mean <laughs> and so yeah it was, it, it's fun and finally it's from 1988 so it's like almost 40 years old but whatever um whatever yeah, so I know we talked about the New York cop. Well, he couldn't just move to L.A. with his wife, which was like, I wrote that. Why couldn't he just move to L.A. with his wife and get yeah. a job with the LAPD? You know because, what I mean? I mean, come on, because then he would be, you know, because I'm the man and this is my job and it's more important, even though she definitely makes like 10 times as much as he does. Well, it's all that. And then I think after the dust settles of all this trauma, of what she just went through, the problems are still there. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? So like, oh, 100%. Like, and so have you, okay, in that canon, have you kept on watching Die Hard movies? Because I know there's been a lot more Die Hards. Yeah, I are have. You, are you still a Die Hard person? I am, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like action. I have an older brother, so I, I love action movies. That's just kind of how. I love action, but I think our, we were just mostly like a weird um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Steven Seagal, Van Damme we did that. kind of a family. Oh, you know we did I mean? that too. Mm-hmm. We were and into all fun. that. Yeah, my mom loved Jackie Chan when I was growing up, you know, mm-hmm. and so like, you know, Jet all Lee. that stuff. Yeah. And so and I think maybe it was because like Bruce Willis movies were a little bit more edgy. The language is a little bit more out there. And then also, yeah. you know, when you get to Color of Night. Mm. Oh, I love Color of Night. <laughs> <laughs> Color of Night. Okay, you can you straight up see his wee-wee in the pool. Yes, you can, guys. So that's something that, you know, if you want to Google Color of Night, it's a horrible movie, but it's a it's a fun movie. And um, Bruce Willis is completely knockawed in it. Uh huh. Yeah, she, good. We see his twigs and berries. <laughs> hmm. Floating mm-hmm. in the pool. Okay. Like, honestly, my aunt had that <laughs> on VHS. And so, like, whenever I was at her house, I'd be like, hmm, looks like I'm going to watch Color of Night. And I never watched it. I would just fast forward to the pool scene and just like, that was it. And then it was like, okay, I'm done. And then, like, on the same, I, I want to say on the same VHS tape, was uh the Rodney Dangerfield like mo- uh, money problems? Oh my <laughs> was god! Also, was also on the tape. <laughs> like, what are you watching? Money problems? <laughs> like, I wasn't watching Color Night. Money problems. I was watching Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Let me get some respect. I mean, that was basically like it was just like act like I was not watching Color of Night. That was not me. So <laughs> around that movie, that's the thing, you know. So it was just you know Bruce Willis. He was a hottie and whatnot. Um, Argyle. I, I know, I, the driver. I love Argyle. He's great. 
What a role. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, what does he do? He just is like sitting in the limo the whole time that all this is happening. He has one. He has one moment with Bruce Willis. And then he sits inside the garage inside next to a teddy bear for the whole rest yeah. of the movie. Just chilling. And, and Hans Gruber's dudes never saw him in there. Like, didn't they come in through? I well, don't know. But I think it was kind of closed up. I think we have to, you know, suspend the disbelief. And they weren't really concerned with that area because after they like shut, you know, cut the lines for all the phones and everything, there was a the whole thing. Right. Um, Another yeah. thing, hold on. I noticed about Bruce. I'm going to go back to this real quick. Was that from the time he the movie starts until like the shit goes down. And literally right as the shit starting go down, Bruce ogles three young women, three separate young women, which makes it seem like maybe he wasn't really being all that faithful to Holly. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Because even like that weird scene when he's like running through the through like the hallway and there's pictures of the hot girls on the wall. Right. Well, right. And right. Like, before, right. When that starts, the- he looks out the window and there's a lady across the way in another building. With the lights on and he's like staring at her and she's mm-hmm. some young hot blonde and then like he doesn't look at any other ladies for the rest of the movie but there's like one in the um you know there's the lady on the plane then there's like some lady who jumps into her boyfriend's arms and then like the, yeah he's like checking out all these ladies but he seems to be like why isn't my wife following me everywhere i'm like well, what? maybe it is that too is this- well, because those girls were all hyper feminine. I mean, is this like an examination on the anthropology of Die Hard? Is that what we're doing? Right <laughs> now, guys? We're gonna look a little bit deeper into Die Hard. Sorry, and it's so, my feminist I'm, background. I can't help it. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, is that so here, here, let's raise this point. So let's go there. So it's almost like he was wanting a girl to be that, though, like you know, like the girl who like jumped in 100%. his arm when, when when he got to the airport. So it was kind of like that holiday, like missing, like you know, when you're in the holidays and you look around and you see like, oh, there's a cute little family and that kind of a thing. And like, there's one thing about being like, oh, that's that, and when you look at something, and the other is like internalizing and being like, I wish I had that. And so. And he didn't have the wife who was going to go and meet him at the airport. And that was. He wanted to be needed like that. Mm-hmm. And he finally was. Yes. <laughs> for this movie. That was yeah. the whole thing is he's finally yeah. was needed. But like, mm-hmm. does he always need these? Well, apparently he does because there's more diehards. So he always needs a situation where he. Needs but Holly's them. not in any of the other ones. They split up. See, there you go. Because the problems are still going to. She might have been in the second one. I don't know. It's been a long time since I saw Die Hard 2. But she's, they broke, they split up. Yeah. I think they went home that night. They did it. And they did it hard. And they did it Uh amazingly. Yeah. Because they had a lot of adrenaline pumping, you know? Exactly. And then (laughs) after, and then after New Year's was over, it was like, okay, I'm going to go back to New York. See you later. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was over. And she's not leaving that job. Boss is dead. She's next, you know, she's going to (laughs) move up that corporate ladder. So like she's not leaving LA. That's just my personal opinion on that. Agreed. mm -hmm. Um, I wrote here. This is another thing. This is back when they made being a bad guy look like fun. Okay. Yes. Like, with the bad guys, then they're walking through the, <laughs> and as they're like cutting things away and like doing what they need, you know what I mean? Like just, and they all have a different accent. Like each person has a different accent as they're going through, you know, even the one who was impersonating the security guard was like, hi, how you doing? Like nobody speaks American and this is America. No, but. <laughs> I know it was, it's, it's so 
Mm-hmm. Weird. But they do. But this is like the 80s when they played bad guys. And like when you would play bad guys with your friends and played those like little games that you would be able to like, you know, being the bad guy was the fun part. You know what I mean? And so and that's what, yeah. what they did is that like Alan Rickman and then all the German Barbie dolls, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the German Ken dolls. Yeah. They all, everybody has an accent. Everybody has a son, has a has a gun. Everybody has an accent, and you get to have fun as like this character. It was just one of those things I, I just noticed. I thought one thing that was really like just so amazing was that you know the world we live in now is so different because we've had you know terrorist attacks and we've had school shootings and whatever. And I love how like a half a dozen men get off the elevator with machine guns in their hands or semi-automatic weapons. I don't know what they are. And they're just standing there and everyone's just partying and not paying attention. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we got guns and everyone freaks out. And I'm like, dude, people would have noticed that way sooner these days, you know, like (laughs) shit would have gone down. And then like, you know, they shut the building down so fast. And what does John do? He pulls the fire alarm. Like they wouldn't figure out how to like, which floor get rid of the cops or like Mm -hmm. what floor was on like after what they just did like i don't know it's just like all right it's it was it was an attempt feeble but you know it it was an attempt but i think all that same way is that you know this is back in the 80s i mean like remember like when that little hacker guy when he goes to the computer and he's like going through he's like like he's going through like the keys and he has to he hits like a million keys at once and he's yep i'm good at this you know what i mean like it's just like back in the old day of like this is called hacking this is 80s like, computer hacking i don't even think there was a mouse i don't think there was either <laughs> was just, he sat down at the computer and just started tapping away at all the keys <laughs> like, yeah it was like piano like he was like ready to go and i can't believe this is over bonds mm-hmm. like am i misunderstanding what bonds are i'm like wouldn't they know who had like aren't they traceable or this is before the internet, okay, Sydney? Like, that's what's the thing. is like, there was no internet back then. So, like, you could, like, you probably... It's so much better if it was Bitcoin. I'm just saying. Nobody can trace it, okay? Well, well, that's the thing, is that's, like, nowadays. But I remember back in the 80s, like, I had, like, you know, like, my... Um, I'm, we okay, all had the, bonds. Statue of Liberty of Limitations is over, so I don't know why I'm so nervous about this. <laughs> so, like, like some of my some of my aunts would like cut the barcode, you know, or like the um the exp- expiration date like like off of like coupons just so they can use them. And the thing is, is since there was no internet, it would be like okay, seventy five percent coupon off of this. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like those kind of things. So there was no internet. There was, and so I would imagine the same kind of thing. It's just kind of like it's hard to I think it would be a little bit harder to trace it back then but eventually they would you know I don't yeah. know I don't but by know then the it would have been in the swish exchange and nobody would know maybe I don't know bonds I don't know money <laughs> I can't wait to have a swiss account one of these days one of these no, days one of these days <laughs> okay I hope the government is not listening <laughs> like, yeah they're really gonna get you on those coupons <laughs> no, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Don't step out of line. This is now like published. So it's a whole thing. I, I want a Swiss account just because it's awesome. Well, there you go. Just to say you have one too. Like yeah. to have that to have that kind of money. Come on, let's go with it. Yeah. Um, I wrote cops are useless, FBI is even worse, which we already kind of discussed. <laughs> I did too. Hold on, let me read you my exact note because it's great. Um, I was like. Oh, first I said sexual tension between everyone, even Rickman and Willis. <laughs> there was, was like, though, right? Right. 
right oh my god i was like what is happening and i was like why is mclean portrayed as the alpha cop like all the other cops are bumbling idiots but he's running through broken glass without shoes and killing terrorists for real because he was good at it he was sexy that was it and he you know yippee kaye motherfucker i forgot that that was where where that came from yeah we didn't even I mention that yet. Like that is like the biggest, like one of the one of those big, huge movie lines that's like still around. But the thing is, they don't use it in commercials because it's motherfucker. But the thing is, is yeah, yeah. Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah, it's a big one. Oh my god! Sort of yeah. like hasta la vista, baby. Like everybody knows where that's from. Totally, but I feel like Yippie Kaye, motherfucker, is such a tool phrase that that's like a guy who just like shotgun the beer, masculinity, smashed God. it on his forehead, and screams Yippie Kaye, motherfucker, and then jumps off of like his roof onto yeah. the flaming table. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the guy. Like that's a backyard wrestling guy who is still using the phrase Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Well, clearly, or else the Playboy calendar wouldn't have fucking been up there. You know, like I mean. How many times do they go past that thing? And that's like at one point where he realizes where he's at because he is keeping track of where the calendar is. Yeah, because when he and I forget that he... there's like some trivia with that calendar too. I don't remember what it was, well, we're, but we're gonna go through some trivia in a little bit here because I actually have some of that pulled up too, and I haven't even read through them, so we're just gonna go through them like and just kind oh, of fabulous pick, pick, pick and choose. But so there's some of that. Okay, I wrote um okay. Crawling through an air vent with a Zippo lighter at Christmas <laughs> is iconic, you guys. Like, so that is like a total mood. Like, didn't he say now I know what a TV dinner feels like? He did. <laughs> How that that's like a little capsule too in history. What is a TV yeah. dinner now? Like these kids don't know what the hell that is. We don't, it's, yeah. Yeah, like you don't have that anymore. Kids will never Thank know God. what it is Who to have a what TV those are dinner. made out of. Do you remember like the little compartments and like the peas would be in one and then like yeah. the dessert was always kind of weird. There was always something in there that you weren't sure. Apple what with like some sort of cinnamon, like pure sugar. So I'm like, thanks for the apples covered in sugar. That was exactly that. You did it with, with a little <laughs> bit of like crumbly and I would eat the shit out of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then it was always like fried chicken and corn and then mm-hmm. sugary apples. And I'm like, we're really getting all the food groups in here. This well, is... would be that or it'd be like <laughs> pasta or macaroni and cheese. Remember Kid Cuisine? Is that oh, yeah. Thing? Is that I don't know. Thing? But I used to make my mom get them all the time. I was like, I need the Kid Cuisine. It is made for kids. And I am a kid. You need... <laughs> She'd be like, it's a gimmick. I'm like, just Come on. <laughs> well, remember that? And there was Hungry Man meals, like Hungry Man or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, those were huge, though. I think those John were... McClane would have been a person who ate a Hungry Man meal. Oh, for sure. If not, like, uh, you know, something straight out of the can because he just didn't have time to cook or have a pot in his house. <laughs> you are not going to believe this, but kid cuisine is still a thing. Stop it. No, it really is. I just Googled it and it's at Walmart for $1.84. Oh my god! Oh my god! We should get one and eat one and do a podcast about how bad it is. I wonder. I can even like. It looks like you can even get them on Little Spoon and Instacart. Like, it's like stop. <laughs> and this and this one has all star chicken breast nuggets. Oh, corn. this is not like it used to be. Yeah, it has corn. Uh-huh. It has mac and cheese and then it also has like a fudge brownie yeah i remember the brownie i remember the brownie it was Mm -hmm. weird taste i I don't think it had chocolate in it i'm just gonna say that this is so funny it sports it has 15 grams of protein as well hmm look at that kid cuisine 
So we just did an ad for them. I hope they pay me for that. Um, Probably not. <laughs> so, okay. But yeah, that whole crawling through the vent when, when Bruce Willis is like crawling, I mean, like with the lighter and the whole way that that is like lit, that is so iconic. And it was just like, you know, it's like you see that in all kinds of like movie montages and everything. And I just, I've never seen Die Hard and I knew it was from there, but it was really. And then he also looks really great in it. He does so. look really good in there. Mm-hmm. Come on Makes me coast. think about a bunch of little bondage thingies I'd like to do to him. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like, what do you think he's into? Well, what do I think he's into? Character or Bruce? So give me what John McClane do you think he's into? And what is Bruce Willis into from a dominatrix perspective? Okay, as the cop that he is, totally he would be into Peggy. John McClane would be into Peggy, but he would never let anybody know. True. Okay. Or being or being like treated like a um, like a reverse role play kind of situation, like being treated like the bad guy. And being mm-hmm. taken down and punished, like, because it's usually kind of what people like, whatever they mainly do, they want the opposite, you know? Um, flip that's, it. Yeah. So like. for John McClane, yeah. Bruce Willis, I, maybe this is my own fantasy, but I think he probably just is like a body worshiper. Like, he probably loves to like just m- mow down. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis likes to put on a feeding strip, <laughs> like a feeding bag, and yeah. just go to town. That's, so, I mean, maybe that's just, yeah. What I about, about. <laughs> well, there's also something. Okay, so like, I would think that like maybe he might like, also like to be peed on. Mm, that's John. I think you that's, think that's John? John. Yeah, that that's John McClane. Yeah, like like that that gives me that kind of a vibe a little bit. I think me. Bruce Willis would probably also like to be told no a lot. You think so? Yeah, because, you know, who tells Bruce Willis no? Like, he's true, a hot true. shot. He's an actor. Like, he wants people to tell him no. I have a little bit of a blind spot. Like, he hasn't really been in the news for anything. Like, anything he ever does is always, like, associated with, like, his kids or Demi Moore. Like, he's really kind mm-hmm. of... He stays off know, the radar. Which is good. Like, he's not, like, a Mel Gibson type. <laughs> you know, like, that, that's a whole issue. Yeah. So... Um, I wrote in here, <laughs> like the, when the crawling through, I, I put a note here. He's hot here too, even with the dirty feet and bloody A shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was just like, yeah, he is like, he just is kind of there. Um, yeah. I mean, they, he is undressed as soon as he gets to that building, mm-hmm. he gets in her office and starts washing his armpits and shit. And I'm like, all right, shoes off. So that's the thing, too, is it was just like, wouldn't you make that slight attempt to put something on your feet before you started running? You know what I mean? He was, he was panicked, man. He just had to act. He was, he's so. a man's man. He just acts. He doesn't have time. He can suffer for the cause. I don't he's know. Because ma- he's a man. And the thing is, you know, you know what this movie was missing? Okay. Huh. <laughs> From this man, man. Okay. So <laughs> it was that horrible sound that you make that embarrassing sound when you're on vacation and you don't have your shoes and your feet are like slapping on like the hotel linoleum like <laughs> or like you know when you're at like a like a hotel when you're running through a lobby or something you don't have shoes like when you hear like that slapping feet sound that's what we should have heard more of especially when he was like running from 
from uh, Hans yeah. inside of like the one place before they were like, shoot all the glass, shoot the glass before that. Like you would have heard slap, slap, slap of his feet on the floor because he's like these clammy little feet that have been running around everywhere. The boom operator. Is that who it is? Who does the sound effects? It should have been Foley. Person? It should have been the Foley. Foley. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, the Foley person should have done that just to bring Foley they, fucked up. They probably <laughs> they probably took it out because I told you it's very, very shameful sounding. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, where are you running from, child? Um, <laughs> I like the part where um, so Carl Winslow has showed up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, nothing, you know, the guys at the desk tell him everything's fine, whatever. And he's backing out. And John McClane decides to throw a body out the window. And the next thing you know, Carl Winslow is just hauling ass backwards <laughs> with a body on the hood of his car right past Argyle. Argyle's <laughs> just talking to some chick like, hey, baby, you know, I never lied to you. You <laughs> That was like the running thing is that Argyle's having his own party all alone in his car. Yeah. <laughs> talking to all thing. these different women or maybe the same one. I don't know. He seemed like he probably had a couple though. That was a great scene when he threw the body out the window, which is just, it's terrible. It's a body. I mean, there was a lot of like weird gory kind of things. If you really yeah. think about it, when they, sh- the feet are like, like that kind of gave me a little chill. But um, when he's like, well, when he jumps out, out the window the first time, and he's trying to get through uh, the like a lower story, and he's like slamming his bloody feet up against the window mm-hmm. to like get it. Yeah, it was cringy. Yeah, when he gets blown off the roof and he has the um, the hose wrapped around his waist, and that keeps them secure. <laughs> I mean, we have to suspend, you know what I mean? Because it's one of those actions uh-huh. in the eighties. Yeah, but yeah, those those like weird bloody feet, and then like you know later well, that's on, like the when- belt that's like the belt around the gun when he goes down the elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. And you're like that. Yeah, that held you. Okay, cool. That held you for that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, the bloody knees. What was oh, yeah. that? The shootout when all of a sudden he like shoots that guy in the knees and they're like, let's show it. And it's like jello knees, but they decide to like throw like red jello at the, at the camera. I was like, oh, okay. Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't know. That's there was some like gratuitous um mm. you know gore sometimes yeah. like yeah because that whole scene when he's um i i feel like as the movie progresses he's just covered in more blood until the yeah. end when he saves holly and hugs her and like his whole he and then she pulls away and she has so no blood on there. her yeah but that's yeah. when he looks the hottest it's like when he like comes around the corner with the gun he's all and dirty he's and like, bloody and shit and his boobs are heaving and you're like oh, <laughs> oh <Bruce Willis." laughs> So that is my endorsement, you guys. Of like, watch it because of those boobs. Like his his boobs, they move. His man tits are hot. <laughs> Very much. Okay, when he has the longest hand to hand combat scene ever with the one blonde, the blonde with you know, there's there's three different blonde uh, Barbie dolls, the German Ken dolls. I don't know and any the, of their names. The, the one with the longest, the, the last one with the longest hair who just wouldn't die when he like wraps a chain around his neck. But that whole scene leading up to it was like 10 minutes of like, this is happening somewhere else. And then he's just fighting this guy, fighting this guy. It was forever. Yeah, so- it was really long. Mm-hmm. He was pissed. He was pissed, though. Yeah. The blonde guy. I guess I think he had killed his brother. 
he was so pissed that he had kept whipping his hair back and forth. Like every time he'd, like, <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, and it's Holly like, would be like, ooh, he's still alive. Nobody can piss anybody off like John can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, wow. All right. Let's talk about Holly's hair too. That, that, those bangs. <laughs> the thing is, is like, it was, and it was the 80s. <laughs> and like, and her hair slowly started to fall, but then get wider <laughs> as the yeah. movie goes on. So at least they did that. You know what I mean? Like, but when she first and they first see her, oh my goodness, the, the, the Aquanet. Perm. Yes. Yeah. It was a that lot. Was, that was back in the day when you would use moose. Remember that was moose? P- oh, for sure, moose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I so, remember moose. Okay. So anybody who's young on this channel, you guys probably have never heard of hair moose. And so hair moose came inside of these little aerosol cans, but then you would like push it. was like it foam. In- Foam would come out and it would go, and then you would like <laughs> crunch it in your hands, and you would have the satisfaction of hearing the nope. that went through your hair, and like it was just that was back when I had hair. I would use that. I would use gel. I would use, I would use the mousse down the middle to kind of keep some of that volume, and then I would use gel on the sides to slick it very pompadour. Mm-hmm. And then you would get like the Aquanet, or you would get the White Rain. Remember White Rain? Oh, yeah. In the mm-hmm. white bottle and like and, just oh, yeah. like and freeze it into place and so i mean it was a lot of work getting ready to go somewhere in the 80s <laughs> yeah hair was a hair was a nightmare Very i did the much. i did the the you know the brush over up the the big the bangs the wave the, in the, the front the, with the the sally brown but the sally brown like curly bang in the front with the big like wave over <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Can we please find those photos? We oh, I got I got some mullet like pictures. That. I got some mullet pictures. I'll find them for you. I need it. I want. I want to see you in a wig that way. That I, I think that would fine. be very, very satisfying. Well, every every time I go to to wash my hair, I brush my bangs out and then I brush them back and they feather and I <laughs> look like Joe Exotic kind of. <laughs> <laughs> dog the bounty hunter i can't tell one of the two and i always said a picture of my best friend she's like please stop <laughs> wear that to my party on friday absolutely not <laughs> this is my friend sydney <laughs> what are those bangs okay um, um uh another another character that i just i probably he's i feel like he's a douche in everything that he's in and i'm pretty sure he's the one in ghostbusters who's like shut it down the news reporter the guy with the red hair who keeps fucking throwing everyone under the bus because he wants to get his story like going to the house and threatening the housekeeper that he's going to call ins if he doesn't let if she doesn't let him talk to the kids like bro that shit made me so mad every time i see it i'm like you asshole the fact that they talk to the kids without any of the parents present was i know that's would never happen now you to come home and that's like, how they fi- and that's how they find out that that's how Hans finds out that um Holly yeah. and John are together in a like, hostage it, situation. It, I like mean, even even the coked out guy didn't fuck that up. And and you think he's gonna, you know, mm-hmm. when he calls him, he's like, John, come on, you're fucking it up for all of us, buddy. And it's like, oh, dude, go do some more blow and shut up. OK, here's Harry Ellis. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. OK. Harry Ellis, though, look-wise, is so my type from, like, back then. You know what I mean? Like, that 80s, like, big full beard, done hair. That's a kink. I'm sorry. (laughs) His name is Hart Bachner. It's his real name. 
And what does he currently look like? Oh my god, you guys Google him. He's not ugly. It's interesting. Not my type. There, I'll show you. You can kind of see it. So you guys have to Google this, but I'm showing Sydney as we were sitting here. He's not my type really either. I think I appreciated him more with the beard. But like from like, okay, yeah, he's like a total 80s type for me. I'm totally into that, it. That's not him though. though. I don't think we're talking about the same person. That's him without a beard, honey. That's from 1979. That was I'm talking, I'm talking about the report the reporter, not the oh, no. guy. I was talking about Ellis. Talking? I was talking about talking Coke about, at Ellis. Okay, you're talking about the blow the blow guy. Okay, I'm yeah. with you now. I was like, Sorry. that's okay. I'm here no, now. The, your guy, <laughs> his name, um, and now I'm, it's gonna escape me, and I'm not gonna be able to get back there as fast as we were talking. So I'm gonna just do, do, cut this out. Do, do, do. Oh, we're gonna get in trouble for using the Jeopardy theme song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. We're in trouble for all kinds of things. Thornburg is his name. William Atherton. William Atherton. Yeah. Ugh. Yucky. <laughs> He was the bad guy in Biodome? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh pretty God. sure. He's a bad guy in a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah, he I, just plays that that role really well. And I just love, you know, that they at the end they come out and Holly just clocks him. <laughs> totally. That was yeah. one of the parts right there at the end. Yeah. It was funny how they introduced this whole, like, the newsroom all of a sudden just gets introduced halfway through the movie. And it's like, where did this come from? What movie are we watching all of a sudden? And so that that was a little bit like jarring, but it's just to propel that storyline so they can, you know, realize who this, who the kid is and whatnot. Okay. So as we're moving on real quickly, let's just talk about, I'm going to go through the holiday mentions, the Christmas mentions that I, that I found in this movie. So in the beginning, Holly's uh, at Holly's office, Christmas party, there you go. And she doesn't want to look like Scrooge when her assistant is the only one who's working. So right there, we have two references towards the holidays. And then we also have the next thing is that Holly tells her daughter not to look for presidents uh, when she does her call home, not to look for presidents, not to look for presidents. I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) So when Holly calls home. And so then we also have another moment is uh, the hip hop classic Christmas song from two live crew that was on there. And I don't remember what that song is called. Um, then we have Isn't John- it, uh, Christmas in Hollis Park or something like that. That's it. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to let you know that because you love this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just know a lot of music trivia. Okay. John whistles jingle bells when he's getting on the elevator to go up uh, as he's noticing the security people when he's taking his like when he's looking around at what's going on and how to get around the building. Um, we also have another moment when the Merry Christmas from the drunk dude that kisses John when he first walks in. So, which was such a weird, like, no homo moment. You know what I mean? Like, when John first walks into the Christmas party and that guy just, like, stumbles into him and is like, Merry Christmas, <laughs> like, kisses him. He's like, yeah. these guys, these Californians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all gay. <laughs> yep. No homo. No homo. Um, <laughs> yes, the whole musical score I wrote here is is a ode to Christmas. Um, the teddy bear he brings is a Christmas present. Exactly. Uh, so that's number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven is the teddy bear. Eight is after John radios the worthless police. We meet Officer Winslow, who's humming "Let It Snow." <laughs> Officer Winslow. See, I told you guys <laughs> to refer him that way. Um, and then that's when he's looking for the tasty cakes when he's at the store. And then we have the next moment here is 
the news talks about it being Christmas Eve. So they drill that point home that it is Christmas Eve. They keep on pushing mm-hmm. it. So this is a holiday movie, guys. I'm so sorry, but it is. So, yeah. And then I have here Snape talks about it being a Christmas miracle for the heist. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have they can't turn off the power grid because it's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And they're like, just turn it off. Can you imagine if you were sitting at home with your family and, and all of a sudden everything goes dark? Pissed Christmas. You just ruined Christmas for all these people. Um, joyful, joyful plays uh, when the vault opens. That's like an over thing. And then we have uh, another moment here is that after the helicopter explodes, the Christmas tree falls. So they keep on like destroying Christmas throughout this. That was kind of wild too. It was like when there's like that whole like that little uh, pond in the front like lobby. Yeah. And it was just like another reason to get Bruce Willis wet. <laughs> yeah. We'll take it. It's fine. This, this director was in love with Bruce Willis. Okay, you yeah. guys, that's really what this came down to. I'm honestly surprised we didn't see like a peen outline in his pants. You know what I'm saying? Surprised he didn't lose his pants. Like somebody didn't just like pull them off and he had to like run around in his underwear for <laughs> half the time. And so um I mean, frankly, I wouldn't mind. No, I don't think any of us would have. I think this wouldn't be the Christmas classic. It would be, no. <laughs> All these straight guys would be like, I'm not watching this dick movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> pretty much. That's what I was thinking, too. No homo, bro. <laughs> no homo. Merry Christmas, Californians. Uh, <laughs> um, Argyle, when he says, if this is their idea of Christmas, I got to be here for New Year's. Mm-hmm. So that's another mention of Christmas. And then my 13th moment that I've written in here is that Let It Snow plays for the credits. So yep. it is a holiday movie, okay? And the reason why I know that is because I took notes. And when I took the notes, I put little Christmas tree emojis next to the notes. So it's Christmas. <laughs> okay. I feel like I want to say, too, that, you know, um, McLean and um, Officer Winslow... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> have that moment where he's asking him you know why are you doing this you shouldn't be uh you know just driving around and he tells him about what he did how he shot a kid da, 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 da. and so like he's been afraid to shoot his gun since and all this stuff but then at the end he gets his moment of redemption and he saves john when blondie comes pops out of nowhere and is about to shoot off and who takes care of him officer winslow you know and it's just this like is really like i think it's it's really this thing in the 80s and i want to want to say maybe in culture it's a direct response to the movie carrie for the whole fact that the dead person is never dead like it's always like if you didn't actually cut their head off or put something through their heart they're coming back for you yeah <laughs> and so mm-hmm. and it does and it happens with this and like honestly what did that guy think was going to happen he's just going to run at him and just saying like flee dude like like blonde barbie go with all those people out there like no one's gonna yeah like just act like you were somebody's friend (laughs) he didn't care because his brother had been killed and he was just both of his brothers his life was worthless at that point i guess so because he didn't get his bonds Oh, and what about the part where um, he goes to save Holly because he shoots Hans and then Hans is grabbing her and to save Holly, he has to unlatch her Rolex. Oh, yeah. That was like the present that they were all like, oh, show him your watch. And he's like, I'll see you later. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. And that almost (laughs) killed her. That Rolex. That Rolex Uh took her. 
Yeah. So mm, what does that say about <laughs> consumer things? culture? <laughs> really, in, at Christmas time. So do not get the Rolex for your partner. And you better because... give me a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> but you might die. We can't. <laughs> like. Well, then at least oh. I'll have a legacy because right now I don't have a lot. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to go through some trivia, you guys. So here's some diehard trivia. I'm pulling these just straight up from IMDb. The fictional Nakatomi Plaza is the headquarters of the 20th Century Fox. The company chain charged itself rent for the use of the unfinished building. Ooh, what a tax write-off. These people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good tax write-off. No shit. The costume department had 17 undershirts in various stages of, de- of degradation on hand for Bruce Willis. Ooh, I wonder where all those shirts are now. You know what I mean? Probably crusty in a corner somewhere. <laughs> or, or like in like some like glass. There's probably one at like the, you know, the, the Chinese theater. We actually, we are now, um, Anthony got me last year for Christmas, um, a membership to the uh, Academy what? of, of motion picture the new new museum that just opened up and so we have to get our butts out there but maybe it's there i'm gonna be like where's them shirts where's bruce willis's shirt is it behind glass or can i smell it what's happening oh no i don't want to do that it's old <laughs> like a 40 year old shirt that's God, a whole yeah. new kink yeah. bruce willis received a then unheard of five million dollar fee which was approved by fox president rupert murdoch so he got five million bucks for this that's great and i wonder if he got anything on the back end because he's now such a like a huge favorite you know yeah um in an article for the 30th anniversary of die hard bonnie bedelia stated that the first thing she thinks of when someone mentions die hard is alan rickman the two became friends Aww. and had yeah, they had lunch together every day while shooting the movie. She expressed how lovely and gentle Rick uh, Rickman was in Rackman. Rickman, I'm sorry, Rickman was in real life. Oh, I love him. Snake was a good guy, you guys. Like he was a really good guy. <laughs> I see, and I don't think of him as Snape. I'm I'm old, and I think of him as uh, so many other roles. Not to mention Metatron from from Dogma, which is. Mm-hmm way off the- okay here's the thing i need to tell you sydney i'm mm-hmm. very i'm very very basic so harry potter is my touchstone it's <laughs> fine i get it no i'm I just taking okay um this was selected for preservation in the national film registry by the library of congress in 2017 for being culturally historically and aesthetically significant oh wow. my goodness so this is in the library of congress oh my gosh you guys see like this is the reason why we watch die hard because we're bringing you guys culture not just like regular culture but culture like from congress okay this is like a big deal okay so the scene where bruce willis and alan rickman mate uh meet up was unrehearsed to create a greater feeling of spontaneity between the two actors okay um han hans's line hans bubby was ad-libbed Alan Rickman's quizzical reaction was genuine. In two- <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Here's where one of the shirts are. Oh, here's something. In 2007, Bruce Willis donated John McClane's undershirt to the Smithsonian Museum. All there right. you go. <laughs> the Smithsonian. Take a picture with it. It would be great if they had it like in one of those like glass cases that you can like stand behind and put your head through. So you'll take <laughs> And you can like take a TikTok. It's like yippee kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I would appreciate. Um, 
the scene where McLean falls down a shaft was a mistake by the stuntman who was supposed to grab the first vent and it was originally as originally planned. He slipped and continued to fall, but the shot was used anyway. It was edited together with one where McLean grabs the next vent down as he falls. Hmm. Um, I hope he wasn't injured, Jesus. <laughs> for real. Just, just use it. Just use it. It happened. <laughs> so, only a couple of actors who played the German terrorists were actually German. Ooh. No, seriously, clearly, clearly. I mean, yeah, mm. their accents were horrible. <laughs> and only a couple could could speak broken. Uh, and only a couple. My goodness, I cannot speak today. I'm so sorry. And only a couple more could speak broken German. The actors were cast for their menacing appearances rather than their nationality. Nine of the 12 were over six feet tall. Hey. Yes, please. Uh I don't want a blonde Barbie doll. They were not for me. I'm telling you, Ellis was the one who I would think I would have been like after Bruce. It would have been like, hi, Ellis. And he would have been like all cokey. And I'd be like, oh, no. Nothing works. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <gasps> wow. Rickman played um, Valmont in a play of Dangerous Liaisons. I didn't know that. I would I would kill to see that. I love Dangerous Liaisons and Valmont. All right. I was reading those while you were talking. Oh, nice. <laughs> so Bruce Willis's favorite role has always been John McClane. That's wonderful. Um, Here's something. Alan Rickman nearly passed up the role of Hans Gruber, which ended up being his first film role. He had only arrived in Hollywood two days early and was uh, appalled by the idea of his first role being the villain in an action film. To, to a degree, Rickman was right to be concerned, considering his performance of Hans Gruber was hailed was so hailed that the actor had to struggle being typecast as a player of villains for much of his career, which is true. Uh, yeah. But he had a great stellar career. So I, I mean, love like, him. Yeah. You never know. Like if he would have tried to get something else then he just maybe never would have been anything. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I think that's kind of it. I'm just kind of like doing a scan through here. Uh, this is the longest diehard movie out of all the franchises. Um, oh, my God. Look at. <laughs> what In Spain, the title was translated into crystal jungle <laughs> nice in french it was Plexe de cristal i don't know <laughs> if i said that right don't don't write in poland it became the glass trap uh which sounds and fits very well in that country the original title an english idiom is hard to translate correctly as it would sound uh like it is hard to kill him or he dies slowly same titles are used for the sequels even though they do not relate well to the sequels so crystal jungle 2 when you're in spain (laughs) crystal jungle (laughs) 3 that's interesting that is pretty interesting What else are you watching this holiday season, Sydney? Give our people something that you maybe have watched new or something that you put on every year. What's a recommendation? <clears throat> well, um, you did mention, of course, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is another one of my big faves. Uh, mm-hmm. I I watch, um, God, there's so many. I like, um, I also, we started watching Lethal Weapon because Lethal Weapon also takes place during Christmas. And I think it probably came out after Die Hard. So they were hoping it was going to kind of, you know, ride the coattails. Um, 
So I watched that. I'm up at Christmas Carol, um, National Lampoons. I like um, Christmas at the Cranks. I do not like Christmas Story ever. I can't handle that movie. I just don't <laughs> like it. Um, do you know this is Christmas Story too. I don't care. <laughs> not my thing. Um, it's yeah, so I don't funny because like, like TBS does that 24 hours of Christmas Story. I know. Know? I know. Oh. My cousins always try to put it on, and it turns into a brutal fight. In my <laughs> I was home, when I was uh when I was in LA a couple weeks ago um for that Barracuda when Claw was in town mm-hmm. and I was in the was in the hotel room and like none of the TV channels would work but the one there was two channels one was playing Christmas story over and over and the other was playing National Lampoon Christmas Vacation that's all the options that I had so I watched National Lampoon Christmas Vacation and then it started again and I was like, oh no. So I changed it to the other one, watched five minutes Christmas story. And I was like, I can't handle this. So I put it back on the other one and just turned the sound all the way off and just watched mm-hmm. something else. But I'm like one of those people who needs like something in the background, especially when I'm like in a place I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> like it was just like very much putting that on for, for whatever. Okay. Let elf. me tell. Oh, you're an oh elf God. girl. I really? do. It's cute. Yeah. You do any of the cheesy Bad movies? Bad Santa. So you, do like all, you do all blockbuster like mainstream movie for, for oh Christmas. i i mean i'll watch stuff that's on that's like i've definitely watched like you know a, a girlfriend for mr claus or what you know like whatever mm-hmm. kind of hallmark bullshit like what was that one that hulu i think it was hulu like last year they came out and it was about like the supposedly about two lesbians and the one who like couldn't oh, admit to her parents that I, shit I, was irritating as all. I was just like, this is, I wouldn't, she, she needed to dump her ass. And I talked about that recently with Amanda when she was on. And I actually kind of love that movie. Like, <laughs> like, even though I do think that that she is like a toxic like thing, but like, I do appreciate the youngest sister in that. It was, um, yeah, it was cute. It was a cute movie, but it was like, there was definitely, uh, you know, um, a, it was toxic. It was like, well, that's but she knows that then, then she finally. <laughs> then she then she finally came out and everything was right in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the things that I kind of recently watched. I'll just I'll throw one of them out here. So there's a movie called okay, there's two movies right now on Netflix. Uh in addition to the other ones that we're gonna cover this year. So we're gonna cover Singled All the Way uh later this month. We cover Muppet Christmas Carol, and there's something else that's gonna be coming down the pipeline. But um these are my, my little mini ones. Cause I kind of was watching things and like, I've been watching Christmas movies because I started decorating early and I have to like put it on to get myself in the mood and kind of feel mm-hmm. the spirit of Christmas. Feel the and spirit. So <laughs> I have to feel the spirit of Christmas. You guys, you know what it is? Like Christmas lives deep inside of me. You know what I mean? That's what, that's um, what she said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay. On Netflix. So here's a couple things that are on Netflix. There's a movie called Christmas catch. Okay. Avoid, avoid it. Everybody just okay. avoid it. I will usually tell you guys, watch a piece of trash because, you know, a piece of trash can sometimes be fun. Christmas Catch is hot, steaming garbage. And the only way that you should watch this movie is if you're watching with a friend who is completely into making fun of it with you. And so that you can be like passing a J around or drinking something or just kind of like doing whatever because you want to pay attention. So I would say watch it because it's so damn cheesy, but you have to watch it with somebody. Don't watch it by yourself because you will be upset and you will want to throw your TV out the window. But like we made fun of it. And so and I sat there with my mom and we made fun of it because it's this whole situation where this girl is a police officer. She is it's Christmas time. She is on a stakeout. They're trying to find this guy who uh 
they're, they're trying to find a guy who stole something and blah, blah, blah. So she's now on the stakeout. She goes through, she's dressed like an elf. She's standing outside. So it's very Christmassy. She arrests the wrong guy at the wrong time. It, you know, he, he gets let go. Then the FBI comes. You find out her mom is the chief of police. The FBI wants her to do a stakeout on somebody who she then ends up falling in love with. And it is cheese to the max. Nothing makes sense. Don't watch it unless you're watching with somebody. My last question for you, Miss Sydney, is who is your character crush of the week? Like a person, th- place, or a thing that is just getting you off right now. Always, The Witcher. That's Henry Cavi- I know season two is coming out. My spank bank's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So I love me um, some Henry Cavill as anybody. He was hot as Superman too. So whatever. He makes no sense how like amazingly attractive he is. You know, what it's I mean? just like, not fair. Yeah, he's like a Matt Bomer that like they're just like perfect like angely people who like God was like this is what you get to look like. Yeah. Deal. You know what I mean? So it's just like this isn't fair with those faces, but yeah, Henry Cavill is completely beautiful. The body okay. too. Oof. That chest there. Oh, All right, Lord. Okay. Oh, okay, so my question <laughs> of the week, I'm going to have to make it John McClane. So I'm going to make it John <laughs> McClane from Die Hard. I forgot how much I appreciated Bruce Willis and Color of Night. And so this reminded me of all of that. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I might have to go watch that now. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those guys who made balding really sexy. And I think a lot of people embraced it after him. So thank him for that. I do. But anyways, okay, you guys, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Miss Sydney, where can they find you if they were looking for you? Um, mostly Twitter. Goddess Sydney, Goddess Sydney J. Goddess Sydney J on Twitter. You guys will find it in the liner notes of this. I'll also throw her uh, link tree down there as well. Uh, you guys will find me everywhere, Instagram, TikTok, and all that. Angela Gogo. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of Bald and Bingeable. You guys can find us anywhere that you guys listen to podcasts. Make sure you guys give us five stars on the Apple podcast. And if you guys are listening on Spotify, please make sure that you guys like us. Okay. Like really give me a nice, a nice little heart there. Um, it does it costs you nothing, but it really does benefit the show. We have a lot of interviews coming up. We are going to be steady now going into 2022. So I don't have any more break time. So we're just going to be pushing, pushing, pushing all these new episodes out. So thank you so much for coming, joining us and uh, good night from the lower level. Bye. Good night from the lower level.